Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Daily Freedom. I'm your host, Fernando Lopez, and today I have the honor and privilege to be interviewing Carter Moss, who's a pastor, a writer, a community advocate who's been for 17 years in ministry, who's also a former software developer. Carter, welcome. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for having me. If, yeah, it's so, been fun. Yes, yeah, yes, definitely. Yeah. You know, we we met a few times in yeah. networking events, and yeah. I'm really, uh, you know, passionate about this project that you have taken on, which is, you know, creating yeah. a, a community or extending your community here in OB with your new church. Yeah. I'd love to, uh, you know, have you on and, and share, you know, some of the, the visions you have for the future, how you got started, you know, what's your why? Why did you do get started in ministry? Yeah, yeah. Thanks. So yeah, more, so more people can know about you and your movement, right? Yeah, you know, I uh, yeah, I grew up in a, in a in a church as a lot of people did. Kind of parents just kind of bringing me, and uh, I I appreciated it, enjoyed it probably probably more than than maybe a lot of, of people. But uh, yeah, I went off to college feeling passionate to do software. Uh, just just loved it. I wanted to make video games actually, but uh, ended up kind of going different route, but loved designing software and stuff. But it was actually in college. I went to just a huge public university, Iowa State, and uh, loved it. And uh, in addition to my computer science degree, also really uh, just got a hold of my faith, just uh, started understanding it more as relationship than religion mm. and uh, more about a relationship with God. And so that just really, yeah, just opened a lot of things up and just started getting passionate about just wanting to impact people and just bring in realizing that kind of the good news of the of the Bible-based faith of, of following Jesus is, is actually about hope and about grace and these kinds of things. And so, yeah, just really wanted to start living that out as, uh, you know, at my job as a software guy and in the neighborhood that I lived at, uh, end up being in, in Chicago for a while. And so, yeah, but always in the back of my mind, thought maybe I'd want to do this full time and got plugged into a great church. I was really good at developing people kind of in the business world. And uh, so I did just kind of kind of move my way up and just kind of impacting people. And then door opened up to make a career switch, which was quite a change to go from sitting alone in a cubicle to uh, just being with people all the time and in front of people. And uh, fortunately, my wife, was huge supporter of the switch. I mean, it did come with a pay cut, you know, it's like IT pastoring. And so, but no, but she was super supportive. She said, I always knew you were going to end up doing this one day. I'm like, well, that's cool. Cause I didn't know that. And uh, so, yeah, so got to do that in Chicago for nine years now at Ocean Beach for like eight years. And uh, yeah. And then kind of halfway through that journey, just feel like God really got a hold of my heart with this idea of, you know, you're really meant to make a difference in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. uh, I see it really all throughout the Bible. I know even people that aren't into the Bible and church have heard of the Good Samaritan, that idea. I'm actually speaking on it this, this Sunday, but, uh, you know, just stories like that, they're about, yeah, we're meant to love our neighbors. And by the way, that does mean also your literal neighbor, not, not, not just people in our lives that we need. It also means my actual neighbors. And so, yeah. And, and, you know, the more I studied, realized actually early churches uh, were, were way back in first century were known for really making a difference in their communities. In fact, they didn't need a lot of government programs because it was the churches 
the Jesus followers that were actually meeting a lot of needs and taking care of a lot of people and and uh, still some great places doing that work. I also know sometimes that focus has gotten lost over the centuries and decades and sometimes people can get this impression or experience of a church where it feels like a country club. It exists just for its own members. Mm. We pay our dues. We're here to kind of get our benefits and I don't think that's what God ever meant for it to be. And so, uh, you know, so anyway, yeah, more and more ho hoping that uh, just churches and individuals kind of embrace that call to kind of kind of love thy neighborhood, as uh, as I like to say. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. The it's, it's a Chicago for, you know, you started in yeah. Chicago. And now here, and then let's talk a little bit, I think, about the support from your wife, because I think that it's probably, you know, it more important that people don't know that, you know, that, right? that yeah. has been, you know, the wing, the wind beneath your wing, so to speak. Um, how important has it been to, you know, to be with someone that supports your vision? And you can speak from a standpoint of a man, because I know you also do uh, men's groups. Yeah, yeah. And man, you know, yeah. uh, looking to um, improve the relationship with their, their spouses or looking to get into one. How important is it to be with someone who's supportive of one's vision? Yeah. Even if you didn't know why I know, right? she knew, but she knew, which is great. Yeah. You uh we have been married 25 years and well, so oh, we wow. know each other. So I have it figured out. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I have have a ton to learn. Some weeks I'm like, am I still new to marriage? Because I don't know what I'm doing. But no, I do think, yeah, a huge part that people, you know, don't always think about is the yeah, you know, really the believing in in each other and and I know we talk about you want to support each other's dreams which is important and that is what this was but I think a little known piece of it that we have found is a helpful marriage tool is uh and I know it's something you and I have in common is we're really passionate about helping people figure out how they're wired up you know just all the disc enneagram five love languages yeah. all the stuff I'll do any of it Maybe not the Facebook quizzes, which Disney princess are you, which uh, Harry Potter house are you? All those, those can be helpful too. But uh, so I love digging into how I'm wired up. There's this beautiful way that uh, the book of Psalms in the Bible puts it, Psalm 139, it says, God knit you together in your mother's womb. Wow. So it even ties into your faith of, I would say, I want to know how I'm knit together. So anyway, we have found then when you're together for life with someone in marriage, it's, well, I want to discover how you're knit together too. So I think what's cool is she knows my gifts and my biggest weaknesses mm -hmm. but my passion strengths what makes me come alive what drains me and then I know that for her we're still learning but so that way she's able to say hey I think this thing would be more life-giving for you and this aligns better with how you're wired up and so that's a that's a value that you don't always think about by the way it ties into parenting as well having understanding our kids enneagram number and love languages mm. has helped us parent each of our three kids differently because we know how they're wired up uniquely so uh yeah a, a little a brief summary if you could give to folks yeah. uh listening watching what in enneagram is and what five love languages yeah yeah uh five love languages real simple there's a great book out there called it and then you can now they have five love languages for teens and kids and so it's become a whole line but but yeah but very simple just talks about it's kind of the way that you most like to receive love which is different you know for each of us where whether it's gifts or through words of affirmation quality time and uh and physical touch 
and acts of service. Yep. Uh, so that's that's helpful because we tend to just do for other people what we like getting most. And you think about how how sad if a couple. Uh, has you know starting to have marital problems because over 10 years it's like he's like all I do is buy her gifts and she never appreciates it and then it <laughs> turns out yeah because my love language is quality time and you're never here hanging out with me right something so simple that you could be on opposite pages so that's a helpful thing to discover I think there's there's three tests online oh, to yeah. figure out what yours is uh, and then yeah Enneagram a lot written on it now my wife and I've just gotten into it over the last two or three years and there's debates about where it comes from and stuff and I, I don't think that that's 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 worth the time. It's just another just consider it another valuable tool. Uh, things like DISC and Myers-Briggs have like four kind of categories you can mm -hmm. fall in. What I like with Enneagram is there's nine of them. And it's more about how do you respond to challenges in your life and more about what motivates you. So that's what's different than DISC and some of the other ones. But so, yeah, I, I find them super helpful and uh, just understanding it's just nine different numbers and kind of what goes with each number. But yeah, it's been helpful, again, to understand our kids and each other. And I think it ties into my faith, even of how do I love and serve people the best and understand how God wired them up. So, yeah, I like all those tools. I think they're 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 valuable. So. Fascinating. Uh, familiar with all of them, except for Enneagram. Oh, I, yeah. I may have taken a test. Yeah, I would like to revisit that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's worth it. It gets it gets way more uh, in depth, I think, than some of the other ones, and it can be more unique to you, you know, that there's nine options versus maybe four, you know, so yeah. a lot more nuanced. Yeah. And when in regards to the five love languages, I had a client yesterday take the test online, and as soon as she was done, she gave me the results. And for uh, gifts, it was the lowest for her oh, as a yeah. love language. And then she had a, an aha moment that she was realizing how, why she felt, or it was a, another confirmation of how little love or appreciated she felt when her husband gave her gifts. And she felt that she needed to, you know, be bright about it, be happy, oh, grateful. Right. But now she had like a validation of why she didn't feel. Yeah. And that her, yeah. her top love language is in a physical touch. Yeah. So it's I highly recommend anyone listening, watching, go to yeah. uh, just Google five love languages test or quiz. Yeah. Come right up. Yeah. Could you speak a little bit about this word that you, you've been sharing and uh, maybe your definition of how you relate to the word faith? Faith. Yeah. What is faith? faith for someone that, you know, may have not have heard the word, but it, you know, has not been. Uh, thinking about what it what it means in their lives or or what what is faith yeah yeah that's good yeah i think i would say you know faith is really what do you really believe in put your trust in for some people what do you build your life around even and i would argue that everybody has faith in something um, so some people's faith is it's all in themselves, right? That I have everything within me and those kinds of things. Uh, some have faith fully in science. Some have faith in uh, religion. I actually don't really like the word religion. Uh, I know people are like, oh, you're really religious. It's like, I guess, according to probably how you understand that word, but I just think over time that word's gotten a lot of baggage. And mm. so that's why I like understanding a relationship with God mm. is, is what I think God was about. And I would say is what Jesus was about. But yeah, so I think it's choosing, you know, what are you going to put your faith in? And, you know, there's a lot 
to consider that could be a whole separate podcast but uh right of you know kind of what are you gonna put your faith in but i think some things to ask you know I, am, am i putting my faith in something that that uh that can last it can't change you know i think a lot about let's say like a pro athlete there's all these stories where their entire life has been built towards making it into nba nfl or baseball all their faiths and my skill my talent my ability and then you get a career-ending injury mm. And now everything my faith was in is gone. And so that's why then all of a sudden they're scrambling, right? Struggling of well, what, what do I build my life around now? And so, uh, you know, I, I would want to put my faith as something that's unchanging and something that's trustworthy. Obviously, some of the horrible stories of cults and cult leaders, stuff, well, faith was in somebody that really wasn't worthy of the trust and the faith. And um, so... I would argue, I don't know if any individual person even can uh, fully uh, carry, you know, I would want people to put their faith in me because I'm just a flawed person too, that's going to make mistakes and a human. And so that's, that's where I would land on, on putting my faith in something more, you know, supernatural, but yeah. And for, for folks listening and watching that they haven't had, so I have had uh, experience in growing in uh, religion, yeah, church, yeah. Seventh Adventist, yeah, and my parents were very involved, so I grew up also being involved and uh, loved like it all. It was great, yeah. um, and um, I, I there was a lot of helping, a lot of neighborly acts that I saw uh, the church taking taking uh, part in, and the neighbor and the, the members. Yeah. Um, can we talk a little bit about, say, for someone that has did not have that upbringing, um, and but they want community or they want to be more neighborly? What what is something they could you know they could start maybe you know start decisions they can start making uh, as far as who do they need to become if they want to be more involved in community. And then after their decisions of, okay, I need to become more dot, 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 then yeah. who could they reach out to, to start forming those, oh, um, yeah. say, relationships that can be long lasting yeah. in, in their own neighborhoods? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I would say it's, you know, you got to start from a place of really care about where you live. You know, just really, I know some people, it's like, this is the city I always wanted to live in, right? So they finally moved and they made it. You know, a lot of people want to get to California. I made it. I'm here. Uh, I'm thankful to be out here. Some are like, this is my hometown I grew up in. And others, it's like, yeah, I'm just here for the job. My job moved me here, didn't want to be here. I would say no matter where you're at and whether you're just there for a few months or you plan to stay there for 20 years, really care about where you live. Mm -hmm. First, you know, you've heard people say that, hey, you know, leave it better than you found it. You know, and we talk about that with a room or something you borrow from somebody. But what if that's true of an entire neighborhood? Did you leave it better than you found it? And I have a great start on that from Chicago if you want to hear it. But anyway, so leave it better than you found it. And and knowing, hey, every neighborhood has beauty in it and great things about it and every neighborhood struggles and so even the poorest of neighborhoods has a lot of beautiful things happening even the richest wealthiest of neighborhoods we have a few of those around san diego has some i mean i i would say struggle the same amount as other ones they're just it's easier to hide the struggles right it's mm -hmm. different they're, the drug problems are more expensive and more hidden than happening in mansions versus out on streets or whatever it is right mm -hmm. so if every neighborhood has beauty and has pain then wherever you live this is where i start is 
is by listening to your neighborhood. So I really just kind of learned this idea over time. We talk, I mean, a big part of your job, in fact, most of your job is you want to listen to people because you're trying to find what do they most need and what if you could do that with your town. And I know we both care about that in Ocean Beach. And so you can really listen to what, what are the things people in your town celebrate? What do they love and value? We could list, list those off in OB. What are the, what are their biggest pain points just even as a town, as a neighborhood? And I think, you know, in the old days that might come through reading the little neighborhood newspaper that comes out. And nowadays it might be getting on the Facebook groups of the neighborhoods and, you know, and on next door. And I totally understand some people are like, man, I tried that and it's just a big negative session. And so I, I, <laughs> got off. I get it. I think about doing that every other day. Uh, but but to me, just for me, it, the value outweighs the negativity because I want to stay in touch with the pulse of what is it, you know, what are people hurting? What do they most want and see in the neighborhood? And honestly, that's led to just a ton of stuff I've been able to do over the last eight years in OB, but it started not by, hey, I have some great ideas. Here's some stuff I learned in Chicago. And if, if I were to start doing that in OB, people would be like, what are you doing, dude? That doesn't fit here. That doesn't make sense. It's a totally different neighborhood. And so I tried to start by just listen to your neighborhood and, and learn what they need and because uh, each one is unique. So uh, I love that. Yeah. Can, can you tell us the story about Chicago? And then I'll, uh, I like to share a quick story about uh, the care about where you live. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what's up? Yeah, definitely. What's yeah. Chicago? Yeah. I lived in a, in a great subdivision kind of basically where I, where I raised my kids and for some people, this would be nightmare, total cookie cutter. Every house, there's like five models of home and it's just totally like, they're just all the same, packed really close together. Uh, the developer though, is actually a, a, a guy, a, a Christian guy who uh, wanted to build a neighborhood that returned back to fifties and sixties. The design of neighborhoods actually led to connection neighborhood by having bigger front porches and not, no privacy fences allowed. And so that forced people to spend time right in their front yard, the opposite of what most of us want to do, oh, pull in your garage, shut the garage door, only be in my backyard in the privacy area. This, this, you know, encouraged people to be out front. Wow. So it was a great, it was set up for that anyway. <clears throat> and then me and a lot of other neighbors who kind of share my same faith, we like, hey, let's, let's kind of get involved, try to make things happen in our neighborhood. So anyway, over uh, nine or 10 years, I guess, of kind of living there. Yeah, we ended up starting like little T-ball in there, clothing swaps. I think four or five major holidays of the year we put on the community events. I mean, like they do in a place like OB, but this was within a subdivision. And uh, yeah, started having kids could put on plays. There's a little coffee shop right in the subdivision. I just, I think I didn't realize it at the time. Now I can look back and say, wow, I think we left that neighborhood better than we found it. Mm. And I think we helped create a lot of community there. And so I'm not saying I had a master strategy when I started, just started doing things with neighbors. Oh yeah. We had adult guys were out playing flag football on Sunday afternoons and, you know, and just, yeah, just had a halo night, Xbox night, somebody's house, like coming up with all this stuff, but, but just realize if you actually get a group of neighbors that cares about their neighborhood, and I've seen this in, in Ocean Beach as well, there's a lot of power in that and a lot yeah. you can do. So I guess I just share that as an encouragement to people. You don't have to live in a subdivision designed for that. Uh, you can anywhere you live, if just you and a few other like-minded neighborhoods are even a little bit intentional, right? Just start with some barbecues, with some game nights yeah. and 
it can really grow from there, but it just takes people caring about where they live, right? And then actually being intentional with it. Can you talk a little about, um, say, going from being a, a, a person who lives, you know, they have their own work, their own job, they have their own routine, and, um, and they keep to themselves, and then others are more, you know, extroverted. They 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 feel so. Maybe some. Uh, have you encountered that? It's sometimes the personality type that gets together because they're more common, or or there's more commonality there, or it, it can this caring coming together and you know, a group of people that care about neighborhood. They includes also introverts as well yeah. as extroverts. What have you noticed? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because yeah, my. My wife's introverted, so it's really helped us learn a lot about each other. And, you know, one misconception I have, by the way, growing up was that extroverts are really good with people, introverts aren't good with people, and actually has nothing to do with how good you are relationally. It's more, does it energize you or drain you? So I could be out all seven nights a week with people. My wife tells me, what's the one thing you want me to go to this week? I'll go to that because, and she's amazing with people. Actually at a party, she's more the life of the party than me. I love to just hang out and listen and be, but she's more the fun one people want to engage with. So you would think extrovert, but it's, hey, I only want one of those a week because it just takes a lot of energy mm -hmm. out. So anyway, we need introverts. They're amazing with people, but yeah, they have to, it's harder for them to want to, I don't want to do a bunch of neighborhood stuff on top of of my busy life so I would say part of it is that's where you try to lean on each other's strengths like in a neighborhood you know if you're going to throw let's say a little block party where you live find the extroverted person to be the inviter right they would pick you to do that right because you would go door to door and you'd get everyone excited for it you know but at the party we need the introvert because they will sit with someone at a table maybe the whole time and have this great deep conversation and that person will feel so loved and valued me and you would work the room at the barbecue and make sure everyone had someone say hi to them so it's like right so we need both and uh yeah find the organizer detailed person who makes sure not everybody just brings a bag of chips and then you don't have anything else you know but then find the fun ones that'll come up with the game so I, I think that's part of what's cool too the more you learn back to our how everybody's wired the more you learn your gifts and so I would say that for people too like oh man I'm not the organizer I'm not the inviter yeah but but what are you, right? Like I've learned, I mean, hospitality, which by the way is a gift, I think a spiritual gift out of the Bible too. But, you know, realizing like, I don't have gift of hospitality, love to connect with people, but when there's certain people's homes I go to that always have a great spread out, right? They're mm -hmm. always thinking, you know, hey, I, I prepared, you know, here's some snacks, the place looks nice, smells nice, feels good. They know how to welcome. They've got a variety of drinks to offer you. I'm like, Man, I don't even think of that. Like I'm like, hey, have a seat. I'll get you, you know, an ice water or something. But so when I see people with gift of hospitality, it's like, man, we need that. Like you could be the ones helping us put on parties and barbecues and those kinds of things. And the, you know, the the accountant you'd think, you know, the, is the boring person or whatever at the party. Sorry, just kidding about the stereotype. But it's like, no, but we need you. Like, we need your detailed mind. Otherwise, a bunch of us will just float around to parties and nothing will have any details. So anyway, <laughs> just trying to say, that's, again, why important. Learn how you're wired up, but use it because mm -hmm. none of them are more valuable than the others. We need all of those mix of gifts. And when they all come together, um, there's a metaphor uh, in the New Testament Bible that uh, when everyone used their spiritual gifts together, that it's like the human body, you know, and it was, and uh, 
Paul is the author of it. He says, you know, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And mm. the head can't say to the legs, I don't need you. And of course, we know what it's like when the human body's broken, you're just limited in what you can do. So, but the more you bring everyone's, you know, I, I always hope I'm not the armpit, by the way, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but the more everybody knows, because it's like, well, I need all the parts of my body that you can't see. And I need all the parts that you can and when they all work together. So, yeah. So I, I think that's a great metaphor. Yeah, totally. Works, right. It's, yeah. It's, there's a role for, yeah, for yeah. every person. Can we chat a little about um, people that want to be in community, but they have an aversion to their perception of the Bible or religion? Yeah. Can they still be in community? Can they still be in a faith-based community if you know they don't know much about the Bible? They don't want to know. They have yeah. you encountered people like that yeah yeah definitely yeah i think i think apart from faith i mean a lot of ways to get connected nowadays meet up is huge facebook groups right all these kinds of things starting your own uh you've had some cool ideas of things you've started and and i've started different ones i like building ones around hey let's have a group that watches monday night football to have a group that watches the bachelor i mean you know you can do all sorts of stuff right book clubs and watch parties now and all that uh but yeah i think if you want a faith community i mean I hope I, I'm sure people have had some bad experiences and I'm sorry for that. But I think I think all all churches, at least within the sort of the Christian faith, are called to be welcoming and inclusive. And anybody's welcome. I try to say on Sundays, hey, even if you're here just kind of exploring faith and you're not sure what you think about it, we're glad you're here. This is a safe space for it. So uh, hopefully you can find places out there that welcome questions. Uh, I know sometimes people have this perception of, oh, those people already know what the, they believe. They're convinced. Mm. Back to the country club thing. That's just for the people that are in. And that's why so many people say, I feel spiritually lost. Like I don't fit anywhere. Mm. It's like, good. That's exactly what we want the spiritual seekers, people that are looking for the truth and, you know, let us share with you some, some of the things we've learned already so that you can process that and decide where you land on it. I mean, that's, that's my goal, you know, as a church. So yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of great inclusive faith communities out there. Mm -hmm. If you find one that isn't, I would say don't get discouraged and give up because <laughs> I think there's a lot of great ones out there. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And so you've been now hosting and, and having your meetings here in OB. Can you, can you share a little bit about, you know, what's, what's, what's been like as a leader, you know, starting something new and what your vision is for the next few months or years yeah. and any type of also uh, support that you, you're seeking for, to, to have this idea that I'm getting from you is care about your neighborhood. Yeah. It's in, in um, love thy neighbor. Yeah. Uh, so what has it been like to have, you know, uh, this, this movement uh, and you bringing people together, sharing your vision and what, what type of people could, could come and support? Yeah. 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 I would say, yeah. Super thankful for, the churches I've been a part of and that invested in me in Chicago and in Ocean Beach. So forever grateful for those. And so now as I try to start one on my own, definitely scary and uh, it grows your faith, you know, that's a faith, uh, but also exciting. And so, yeah, trying to take 
things that I've learned and continuing to learn and, and try to, uh, yeah, just kind of what kind of faith community would I form, you know, out of this? And uh, yeah, definitely want it built around, you know, including and loving uh, people, love your neighbor as yourself. Someone famous said that once, it was Jesus. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, you know, so starting there and loving your neighbor, then yeah, also includes loving your neighborhood. <clears throat> Again, I think it's that idea of I'm, I'm really motivated about wanting to help people live out their faith in practical ways. Mm. So that's that's important to me. I'm not saying it's more important than other things. There's great teachers and preachers on Sundays that help you understand things about the Bible in depth, which is huge. Um, my angle is more, I do a little bit of that, but then really help you understand how do you live it out practically? Mm. I think people just want to know what is yeah, what, is, what does faith do for my life? Is it just an intellectual exercise? You know, that, <laughs> that's why I would tell people like, you know, hey, if you decide to sort of, you know, in, in my case, make Jesus part of your life, you're not really joining a religion or site or subscribing to a theology you're you're joining a lifestyle and a community and the lifestyle is let's live out the ways and values of jesus and the community is let's connect with other people so yeah definitely that's part of what drives me i just want to keep it practical and so part of that we talk about how do we sort of be the hands and feet of Jesus? How do we actually be a church and not just have it? I know people think of church as it's a building you go to. Uh, that's not how that word was ever used in the Bible. So it was all, always about the people. It was about a, like mm. a community of people that that share this faith. And so, yeah, so how do we be that and live it out? And uh, yeah, so that's where we start and then just try to serve. And and so far, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty new, only, only a couple months into this new one. Uh, so we're figuring out what all that's going to look like but it's cool already seeing people that are motivated to do that and honestly you know I've been so thankful for the people in our community whether it's town council main street association business owners that you know just religion faith church not their thing at all but they're really supportive of what mm -hmm. we're doing and I think it's because they know that we care we care and and here's the real trick to care to, to caring, especially in the religious world, is caring without agenda. And uh, uh, also a good reminder for uh, multi-level marketing people too, but but just making sure that we care, right? <laughs> I mean, because people want to know, do you really care about me or are you just selling me something? And it's, no, I really care about you. Also, if you're interested, right, I have other things for you. And and I know you're like that. You, you, you care for people deeply. You want to genuinely help people. And uh, that's why also our careers about doing that. Uh, but yeah, so I think it's, you know, we go out care for your town. And I think people see that, that, hey, you want to help make OB a better place. I'm like, I genuinely do. I mean, my faith drives that, but I genuinely do. So yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you yeah. so much. It reminds me of uh, love is a verb. I yeah. heard that somewhere. Yeah. That love is a verb. Right. For sure. Yeah. It's a verb action, action word. Yeah. Yeah. I just spoke on that last, last Sunday. Really? It's good timing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's great. Yep. I'd like yeah. to uh, share a quick story with you yeah. um, and get your, your input, your on it. Um, so when I had, um, I had a friend, I have a friend from childhood and he started doing this uh, thing for, um, for uh, unhoused people, yeah. which is called in Brazil, called Joy on, in the Streets. And he would, and uh, 
with his uh, Catholic church, with the youth, go to uh, dress up in funny ways, maybe clowns, and come in and tell jokes to, to unhoused people and just oh, cool. have them laugh. And what happened actually is within a few weeks, they started meeting the same people, creating relationships, learning their names. Some of this, he started having the ideas to connect them with the families. So he started, and the group started actually uh, being like a bridge to um, inspiring the person to be part of a community or be part of their their family, the original family. Yeah. And then they started having, you know, send offs to you know putting them in buses to go meet the family again and, yeah. and getting the connect the connection going. And when I heard about that years ago, I had uh, was living in Orlando and I had a real estate office and. Uh, so a, a man approached me, asked me for money so he could stay at a, at a shelter. And I said, yeah, absolutely. And I'd love to also help you beyond this. Uh, would you like to, you know, do something, you know, like have your dreams come true? You know, whatever, you know, remember those dreams? What are your dreams? <laughs> so he shared a little bit um, and then gave him my card, gave him some money. And then he called me 30 days later and said, hey, uh, I, I still like for me for you to help me. So I give him, you know, part time job. He would come and write some uh, uh, some signs, real estate signs for me, uh, and then I would have him him also watch The Secret, which is a documentary about oh, yeah. like having good thoughts yeah. And, yeah. and visualizing uh, a future that one wants to live. And within about six months, he told me, you know what? Um, I think I'm ready to. Uh, to be uh, back with my family, help me find them. And it had been 10 oh, years that uh, they, they had not talked. So found the family. The next day he came and talked to the sister for the first time in 10 years. And it was very emotional, man. It was amazing. So, and then they they decided to, he decided, okay, I'm going, help me, help me, uh, Fernando. So I, I started, you know, having, we had 30 days. Okay, 30 days, you're going to be in a bus from Orlando to North Carolina. And uh, so in 30 days, we got him ready. Um, I think he was sleeping under a bridge. And so yeah. one of the things is to get him clothes, you know, wash any clothes you wanted to keep. Um, and then I was like, man, let's do something, you know, together. Uh, what do you like to do? And he goes, he told me about movies. Like it had been years since he'd been to the movies. So we went to the movies, watched yeah. the movie together. And man, as, as I was going to that, and there's a, a, a reason why I'm sharing this story, because I think there's something there that could be duplicatable uh, for, for business owners and, and also helping the community. So it, there, there's a punchline for this, or, or maybe a question for the, the people listening and watching. So uh, as that was happening, I was transforming myself. I was getting to know like, wow, this is I met this man six months ago, and now he's 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 different. He's the same, but now he has he has this motivation or inspiration about life. He's going from being uh, unhoused or homeless to now being a caregiver to his brother, uh, handicapped brother. So that was it was something he told me. He was, uh, you know, Fernando, I need to go. My family, my brother needs me. He's mm -hmm. handicapped, and he didn't. I don't know if he it was a new handicap or if yeah. it was an old, but. It's like, wow, so he's going out from being someone that was not, um, I guess, was looking for help. Now he's giving help. Yeah. He's empowered to give help. Um, so that happened. It was amazing. One of the best years of my life. And I, I started thinking, what if 
each business owner were to sort of adopt uh, uh, someone like like that person, and and he, uh, his name is Robert. What does anyone would adopt, but not adopt in the legal sense of thing, but yeah. give him like a small, uh, a, some easy job once a week. They get some money, then start having the relationship, you know, building. And I, I think if one business owner would do that for one person a year, yeah, it could transform the, you know, how people that are going through transition, you know, living on the streets could could then. Uh, you know, could be like in 10 years, it might be, you know, close to over. Yeah. That could be like a snowball effect. And, and I mean, there were boundaries, you know, he would come to my office. He was very polite. He was very cordial. Um, you know, he would leave after a few hours, once a week. Um, and the, oh, there was a, one of my assistants, she started taking him to church. Oh, Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So Miss Laura to take him to church. And uh so he the things were happening. I, I started realizing that people maybe don't need money is not number one for this type of people. They they need uh to feel like seen or acknowledged. Yeah. To be reminded <laughs> of what family is, what community is. Um what's uh what's your Take on that. Like, do you think it's something that a model that could be rolled out to business owners to start thinking about what little jobs they could offer to people like that and start? Yeah, yeah, I love that idea. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I think that is the key to it is to is to start small. I heard this great phrase once, and I don't know who said it first, but it's "do for one what you wish you could do for everyone." Okay, and because I think where so many people end up doing nothing is you know like you and I could show up to OB and be like, I don't know how to solve the unhoused problem. Like I don't know, it's a it's a big issue, and just seems it's too hard, and politics, and this sort of you don't have to solve those. Start with one, you know, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Because I agree, if everybody was just helping one, you know, if every person of faith did, if every one who cared about their neighborhood did, if every business owner, I mean, you're so right. It would it would snowball from there. Uh, I think programs are still important. I mean, there's still sometimes we need buildings and programs that can feed a hundred people at once. So to me, it's kind of both and. But we know that to get a long term result. Right. Just having people show up at, you know, programs, it doesn't work as well as having one person really invest in them. I think that's why AA does sponsors and stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And that kind of thing is it's the one on one is where the real life changes. Right. So, yeah, I think it's let's start small. Let's start one on one and know that it's it is making a big impact in the world when you just start with one. Yeah. Start with one. I love that. What is one message you like to send out to people? It's January uh, in the context of new year, uh, new opportunity to create a, a new life, new beginnings. Yeah. 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 I would say uh, that there's always, no matter your age or your life stage um, or your current economic status or your relationship status, that there is always new hope ahead. Um and there's always new 
new opportunities ahead. I tell people from the faith perspective, I say, hey, God's not done with you yet. And uh, he always has new hope, new plans on the horizon. And and I know it's hard. I have several friends struggling with all sorts of stuff, you know, losing someone they love or infertility, unemployment, which I've been in that one, just all, all kinds of different things. But just always knowing that there's there's still hope ahead. Um, read this great definition of what despair is, despair or hopelessness. It's believing that tomorrow is going to be exactly like today. And uh, I think we had to fight that during COVID. I had to fight that. Like, what if tomorrow is the same as today? And it was for a little while, but not forever. And so hope says, hey, you know, tomorrow could be different. This year can be different. Uh, this next season of life can be different and better. So um, I believe there's hope. Uh, you know, my faith drives that a lot. I believe God always has new plans, new hopes for you. But I really think, you know, anybody can can really uh, grab onto that. So. Yeah. Any uh, favorite uh, verses? Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think uh, one that's that shaped a lot of what I do lately uh, or over the last few years, but I'd never really known it before in my life. I'm always discovering new things in the Bible. It's a great in-depth book, but there's a great one in uh, Jeremiah in the Old Testament and talking about a group of people that were forced to live in a city they didn't want to live in. Uh, Babylon. And God says, here's what I want you to do in that city. I want you to invest in it. And he says, seek the peace and prosperity of the city that I've sent you, because when it prospers, you'll prosper. And I was like, that's really cool. So in some spiritual way, your neighborhood's prospering ties into you prospering as well, right? And I think it does in a practical way. Hey, the better my town does, the higher my property value is, right? The better the schools are. So it actually, God was right. It comes true in practical ways, but I think even in kind of spiritual ways. So that would... Uh, that would be one. And uh, I think um, another uh, would be this, it's it's a it's a New Testament one letter from Paul, but uh, talks about this idea of make it clear to everyone that you meet that you're working with them and not against them. Mm. And that one's important to me because I know, uh, again, sometimes Christians or churches over time have become more known for what they're against instead of what they're for. So I like to lead with, here's things that we're for. And it's what I believe God was super clear, not one obscure verse, but a common theme throughout the Bible. He's absolutely for orphans, widows, the poor and under-resourced, anyone who's hurting, and anyone who feels like an outcast or ostracized. Those are repeated hundreds of times through all the New Testament. So let's leave with what we're for and not just, just what we're against. So I like like verses that remind me of that too. So yeah. I love that a lot. I remember first time um that I, I the, growing up in uh with my family in the the small church we 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 would go to, we had this thing of reading the Bible in a year. So every year, every beginning of the year, there was this thing, okay, we're gonna read the Bible to read the Bible in a year, you need to read so many pages a day. Yeah. So there was yeah. one year that I actually completed it. Then. Wow. I think I was yeah. 14 years old, 14, 15. And I remember reading Proverbs and, and being like, wow, this book is great. This is my favorite so far. And even after I finished the entire thing, I was like, Proverbs. Proverbs, gosh, yeah. It's called the book of wisdom, right? Because it really is wisdom for daily life. And yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it's so good. You know, I was always surprised. I chuckle because I <laughs> this is. <laughs> Going out, you know, be in the internet forever, perhaps. 
But what I never heard uh, anyone speak a sermon or, or, or have a you know talk about yeah. the the book of songs of Solomon yeah. from from the, <laughs> from the front of the, the church. Right. Yeah. Like, why is that? Why yeah. It, it, you know, for those who don't know, the Book of Psalms is like poetry from a lover to another, a beloved to another, yeah. uh, and it's it's very you know um, I guess it talks about the body you know of, yeah of the lover's yeah. body compared right. yeah. to the mountains <laughs> yeah exactly. and oh it's really yeah. beautiful so I was like why do we they talk about I like, know right why don't they preach about this <laughs> yeah it's funny people don't realize the Bible's kind of racy but uh, that book <laughs> Song of Solomon yeah. I remember, yeah, there, sometimes in youth group, they would say, hey, don't read this yet. And of course, all that did was make all of us turn right to it and read it. And uh, But yeah, yeah, I mean, meant to be this beautiful description, right, of love and intimacy. But I agree, never heard a sermon on it. Now, now you challenge me. Now I need to see how I'm going to come up with, 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 with some stuff to teach from that. That's that's good. Yeah. Before we call yeah. this, because it's, it's amazing, and I, I want to respect time as well. Um, a little tip on parenting. Yeah. What what would you tell um, uh, parents, uh, you know, something that they could start viewing their relationship to to self to into to their kids for a prosperous yeah. prosperous relationship. Uh, yeah, I would say with your kids, the main thing is, as I kind of mentioned earlier, really understand how they're wired up. Uh, they're they're unique if you can really empower them how they're unique help them I mean so many of us have been through counseling and therapy because we have this negative self-image mm -hmm. and I desperately didn't want my kids to have that I want them to see whatever their strengths and weaknesses are to see that as valuable so if you can help them see that and uh and just intentional time with them I know sometimes people say well I don't really do quality time with my kids but I or, or uh, I don't do quantity time but I do quality right quality is better over quantity I'm sorry but in parenting it's got to be both I mean you just you just have to you just have to be into I, I think in any relationship that you want to develop um you know I can't just see my wife once a month and say yeah but that was a really quality one night <laughs> uh it's got to be quantity quality but I'd say for yourself is give yourself lots of grace as a parent so many parents so hard on themselves if you're like man I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing just know secretly that's how every other parent feels. Mm -hmm. They always feel like they're failing, don't know what we're doing. I'm, I'm actually just becoming, starting to become empty nester, almost launched all three of my kids. I've got one out of college and two still in college. And uh, realize, huh, it took this long till you finally get to start to find out how did I do it parenting? So it's hard. You have to go the whole first like 25 years, five years. Like, I have no idea. I mean, you don't get feedback from toddlers, teenagers, like, so if you're like, I have no idea if I'm doing well or not. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to really get that feedback. You'll see as they become adults, how did I do? And uh, so just give yourself a ton of grace. It's okay to not feel like you know what you're doing. So I would encourage you to not do it alone then. Like, that's why I love, we try, we have parenting groups, find some moms, find some dads or some couples, go through it together. Because I think the biggest thing most parents want to know is, am I alone in this? Am I the only one that feels this way? And uh, it's great to find out that you're not. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much yeah, for your time today. Yeah. I learned a lot. And for those of you watching, listening, there are links below to follow Carter and find out more about the church that he is having here in uh, Ocean Beach. 
thanks yeah. again yeah and Welcome. everyone listening watching uh share this like comment and uh to next time bye for now